Assassin's Creed creative director tells us that Assassin's Creed Revelations will be revealing. DICE delivered some bad news to players looking to get Battlefield 3 on console, and Nintendo has just been having the worst week ever. All that, plus more, on today's MASHcast. I think next week he'll finally run out of ones to come up with for names, but we'll see. I don't think so. I got some in the reserves. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and also here with a newcomer to the show and professional crocodile wrangler, Katie Horseman. Howdy. There you go. I said that correctly, right? Yes, you did. Just I'm very proud of you. Thank you very much. I didn't even have to ask. Well, you know, beforehand that was. You were just that good. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> yes, uh, Katie... Is actually has actually done another podcast with us, but you guys aren't even going to hear that until like September-ish, so it's a little awkward. So, you know, I think on that podcast, Rob says, you know, Katie hasn't been working with us, but now she will have, so just ignore that when you hear it. Either way, she's Indeed. good. We checked her credentials. It's okay. Take it easy. Calm down. So, you want to <laughs> say something, Rob? Oh, no. I mean, she's kind of okay, I guess. <laughs> well, that's interesting that you should say that. <laughs> all right, yeah. all right. So, um, actually, first of all, before we get started, I would like to apologize for last week's no intro. Um, quick second to explain that, uh, as you know, in many places across the country, there was a heat wave going on last week, and when I record, I don't have any air conditioning on. And it was like 95 degrees in my apartment by the time we got done the podcast, and the intro just didn't happen. So, sorry about that, and I'll make sure it never happens again, because like, so many people said, what's up with the intro, why is there no intro, it's weird. So I apologize for that. But uh, now nah, we're all past that, and that's not going to happen again. Let's get into our, our normal thing. Uh, Rob, what you been playing? Uh, pretty much the same stuff as last week. Uh, Jamestown, Decidia, but uh, I did get a get a chance to play some multiplayer for uh, uh, Earth Defense Force, the new one uh, with Katie. In fact, it's a it's a good time. It's a good time. Just as wacky and irreverent as the last one. <laughs> That's about it. Okay. Uh, what about you, Katie? Um, I've also been playing Jamestown and Earth Defense Force Insect Armageddon, so that everyone knows that it's the second one. And then I said some, the new one. Okay, everyone, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> and I've been playing some heated games of Word Feud. Yes, a uh, Mashcast first talking about mobile games on our what we've been playing list. Further proof that social gaming is coming too far. <laughs> but, I mean, I play it too. I just don't ever 
talk about it. You're not supposed to say that. You're not supposed to say that. I'm, I'm supposed to be the black sheep here. The only <laughs> one playing the mobile game. Yeah, I know. You're not supposed to be like, oh, yeah, well, I play mobile games, too. Like, no, now you're one of them. And you just totally killed your credibility. <laughs> well, we could say that it's educational. I could say and... I grew up playing Halo. That <laughs> Wouldn't that, would that help? Wouldn't it? Uh, only on CNN. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go work for those guys. <laughs> yeah, so uh, as for me, though, here's my list of real games. Um I'm just joking, but um, no. yeah, I'm, just, I'm just messing around. Uh, I'm still I'm still playing through Mass Effect. I'm actually cleaning up some of the side missions before I pretty much complete the game. Um, remember last week I said I opened Uncharted. Well, I actually played Uncharted this week, and um, I know pe- people are telling me, "Hey, the second one is much better," but the shooting in the first Uncharted is horrendous. I don't mind the platforming parts at all. Um, and the story is, uh, you know, it's, you know, but it's, the shooting is, is terrible. Like, it's like, it's like there's, they have futuristic body armor on, but they don't. All they have is like, you know, those flower shirts you find on guys in Miami, you know, that's, that's all they have on. So you shoot a guy like five times in the chest, he's still alive. Yeah, but there's all sorts of like under, you know, underworld crime in Miami. Like, what do you think those shirts are for? Oh, so they they can deflect or or absorb you know <laughs> five bullets. It's made out of like Teflon or something. Like it just deflects. Like, you know, it, it it moves the impact a little bit, so they don't they don't feel it as much. It's never taken me so long to kill somebody with an AK forty seven. It's ne- <laughs> this is the longest it's ever taken. So I mean, I'm gonna continue to play through it simply because I played through an hour of the game and then it said I was twenty five percent done. I'm like, are you serious? So I'm expecting to be done. <laughs> Any minute now, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm gonna finish through that and I'm gonna you know play two, uh, just because you know Nick played Brotherhood messages to him, so now I have to play Uncharted. But other than that, I have been playing Mortal Kombat and this Explosion Man and even Toby's Vertical Adventure, which is a nice little indie game to play. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been playing, and that wraps that up. So let's just talk about the news. Let's let's talk about some uh, some exciting stuff. Um, let's start with Ubisoft. We have some Ubisoft news. That's uh, true. Yes. Uh, first off, we'll we'll start with some Assassin's Creed. Why don't we? Um, everybody knows the next installment of Assassin's Creed is Assassin's Creed Revelations, and maybe there's more to it being called Revelations than just the title. Because um, this, I have this article from Joystick where uh, one of the uh, the creative directors, or the creative director, or the new one since uh, Patrice left. Right. Um, he he's, he's told, he was talking about the game in a little bit of detail, saying that um, basically Revelations was going to tie up some loose ends, and it was going to com- they're saying they're going to complete the destiny of Altair. So I'm expecting this is the last game you see Altair, but they're going to answer some questions from Assassin's Creed 2 and Brotherhood, and they're trying. I get they're trying to they're trying to not conclude, you know, here, but they're they're gonna wrap some things up or at least bring some things to light or a lot of things to light that make it clear where the story's going for the next Assassin's Creed. Now, according to uh, uh, Alexander, the, the the game is supposed to be in line with the end of the world in 2012. So I'm assuming the next Assassin's Creed is either gonna be like the last one, or finally, it's, yeah, <laughs> you know, or it's at least gonna end this story arc. You know what I'm saying? Like it's gonna, 
I guess the maybe we'll get a different assassin, you know, other than like I mean, like you know, no more Desmond, maybe, or perhaps maybe Desmond goes on a different adventure, you know. So but either way, wrapping up this story <laughs> that yeah. has been so built upon and added on to. Yeah. I'm... I mean, it definitely was just going kind of in, I wouldn't say like in one direction and then started going in a different one, but it definitely, I think, has gotten distended past what it was supposed to be originally. Um, I, per, I mean, I think that the story is actually kind of still in line, um, only because, I mean, the for Assassin's Creed, uh, Assassin's Creed 2 and Brotherhood had the same creative director, so he had the same vision uh, for what they were really trying to do. Uh, even though, like, I was, you know, I was thinking to myself that if this Assassin's Creed brought even more questions, that's a, that's a bit much, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To bring even more questions when there's so many unanswered questions already. So I'm glad that they're tying up some loose ends, going to bring some things to light, and then at least you'll know what to, you know, what to expect or, you know, what's coming for you in the next Assassin's Creed. Like, you know, will you end the Templars? Will you stop the end of the world? Or maybe they'll let the this, this event happen and then that's what the next story arc is about. Right. I don't know. I mean, I, I I still liberally do think that, like, with this installment, with the revelations, that it, it is getting... Like, I, I think it's more than they intended, but, I mean, obviously, since now they're turning into a yearly installment where there wasn't one before, um, I guess the main thing is, like, I'm not saying that it's not interesting. I'm not saying that it's going to be a bad story or anything. I'm just saying that, like, if they had gone from Brotherhood and moved into three or current day or whatever you're going to do, just Desmond's story. Like, to me, that was where I saw the game going, not, oh, yeah, as Ezio, some more years later when he's super old. I, I right. guess that's the main thing. But, I mean, if they're, it'll be a good game. I don't, I don't doubt that. And as long as, they, like you said, don't create more questions, we're good. We're okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they've, well, I mean, now they're stating that they're going to complete Altair's Destiny, and they already said this was going to be Ezio's last game. I mean, he, he, this has to be his last it ha- game. Otherwise, he, it's going to be him rolling around in a wheelchair. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, because he's like he's already 50. You know what I'm saying? He's like next to uh, Solid Snake. He's the oldest video game hero that I think I've played. And that, and, and that was only like a genetic you know, defect thing yeah. that made him so damn old. <laughs> exactly, and Ezio, he's like just old, old, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. He's like old age old. He should just be like, you know. old, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, um, I just, I, I just hope they don't kill him. If they kill him, I'll be pissed. They yeah, better not, they better not kill not. off either him or Altair, better not get killed. Actually, I don't think Ezio can be killed because he still has to pass on his seed his st- yeah. yeah and he still has to give that you know like i, I really think that you still see kind of like ghosts of him in like the third game or whatever the case may be you know like kind of like he's been seeing altair that Ezio is going to see him as well you know or desmond is going to see him as well like in current time yeah so, so. We'll see. I mean, we only have a couple months to wait. I'm really, I'm getting more and more excited for the game. I, I love the series. So um, hopefully, even though we know the original creative director isn't directing it anymore, um, they'll still, you know, make a good game. So uh, let's move from that to another piece of Ubisoft news, which we will not be speaking so pleasantly about. Uh, I don't think we ever speak pleasantly about DRM, though. No, we, we, we never speak pleasantly about DRM, but... 
I don't know what the deal is over at Ubisoft. I don't know why they're deciding to go ass backwards. Um, and basically, for those who haven't heard, um, Ubisoft, for PC, this is. Uh, Ubisoft, or I should say uh, Driver San Francisco, which is from Ubisoft, is going to have always on DRM, which means you always have to be connected to the internet. And not just the internet, but their servers as well. Yeah, and their servers as well. Um, you always have to be connected in order to play your game that you already purchased, okay? Um, they did this with Assassin's Creed 2, got a lot of flack from it. There were a lot of problems, a lot of people buying it legitimately and being dropped from games without, you know, because if, if you disconnect from the server or your internet drops, it drops you out of the game, so you could be doing something and then lose your save location. I mean, that that, that is a major problem, and this is... I mean, this ties right into the podcast we did on uh, piracy. These DRM measures, especially ones like this, ones that are so extreme, like these DRM measures, they don't hurt the pirates, because the pirates who wanted Assassin's Creed 2, they got it without the DRM. But this hurts the legitimate buyers who bought it and then were running into, uh, you know, internet problems. Or, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 yes, you're right. And it's crazy because... It's not like Ubisoft didn't like wasn't made aware of how many problems it caused when they had it on on that string of games that year. Like there was just massive outcry. You know, you can't even play single player if you if you if you disconnect. Like in fact, with this, they're saying that if you disconnect, like your game will stop. It's not even like oh, you keep playing and you lose your you can you you don't you're not able to save or do any of that stuff. Like you can't play. Done. Like. You're finished. That's terrible. <laughs> like, there's... On every single possible level, that's terrible. Like, there's no way that it's a good idea. Like, I, they must have been sitting around in the boardroom and lost files or something. Like, and somebody brought out, like, their files for DRM, like, two years ago, and they were like, dude, that's an awesome idea. Let's do that again. That's great. That's awesome. Like, they ever given each other high fives or something? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what was going on in there, but they must have thought it was brilliant. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is with Ubisoft. I mean, stuff like this makes it clear to me they do not care about the PC market. They, they obviously do not care about the PC market. And even with the way they handle PC releases, with them, like, they're one of the only major publishers that will wait like a day or two before a major release and then push a game back. You know what I'm saying? Right, at least give us a week or something. Exactly. Maybe, maybe Ubisoft is just actually trying to help you guys. You know? Every gamer, gamer always complains, I'm spending too much money. And Ubisoft's like, we're giving you a reason not to spend money now. Yeah. <laughs> Bad that business has, I, <laughs> <laughs> That would be, that, that has to be what they're thinking, because I can't really think of any other reason why they would hate PC so much, but still continue to make games for it. Because they obviously don't like PC. You know what I'm saying? And even, this goes back before DRM became popular. I'm talking about back with, like, the, some of the old, well, well, I guess pre-2005 Rainbow Six games, uh, even a few after that came out for console, they were clearly made for console. And then when they came out for PC, they had so many bugs, like bugs that made the games unplayable, sometimes not just online, but just in the single player as well. And like there were literally times where they were just like, uh, yeah, we know about the issue, and then never released like a patch. You know what I'm saying? So... 
I don't know what Ubisoft is doing. Obviously, I don't care. I mean, while EA is trying to, one of their main competitors is trying to, you know, take advantage of the PC market, Ubisoft is, like, kicking it to the side. Um, you know, EA has been talking about how, va- you know, how untapped the PC market is, how valuable it is. But I think Ubisoft is <laughs> completely <laughs> not in that mind frame. Well, not just that, but, like, I think they're 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 showing too much love to the Wii U. Like, they, the Wii U is, like, their baby right now. You know, as opposed to... That's true, yeah. You know, they, they, they're doing a lot of stuff with the Wii U. Maybe they should focus some of that back on PC. But that's okay, because I won't be buying any of their PC games anyway. So, I stopped buying PC game, Ubisoft PC games back when they started having those issues with Rainbow Six. I learned my lesson. I was like, they 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 flipped from you know being PC friendly to pretty much a, a console dominated. <laughs> they flipped exactly. Bird. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they did. They definitely did that. You know. So, yeah. Um, ass backwards, Ubisoft going back to the always DRM, which terrible idea. But um. You know, it is what it is, and this is one of those cases where now you know, you know what I'm saying, it's making big news, not just here at MASH, so now you know, and you need to speak with your money. That's what you need to do. Just don't buy it. Yeah, exactly. So if you do buy it, if you have to have Driver San Francisco, um, and I don't think you really do, between me and you, I don't I don't think you really need that in your life, but, um, you know, that like if you buy it, you can't say anything about the DRM. Not a word. Because you know. You know when you bought it that that was what it was coming with. Exactly. So, yep, that's that. And that's we, sad we, we warned you. Yeah, we warned you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, let's, let's get away from that. And oh, actually, more angry news. On yeah, it's not really getting any better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the next, uh, next item we have to talk about is uh, a Texas land that is banning women from the land. Okay, so everybody knows Battlefield 3 comes out in October. Um, this land uh, group, uh, I don't want to necessarily call them a company, I think they're just a community of gamers yeah, that throw a land party. Yeah, um, basically, uh, they're throwing a land, like a, a launch land in Texas. Now, bef- before we even get to this conversation, I just want to let you know that this is not EA sanctioned. This is not an EA launch party for Battlefield, or a launch land for Battlefield. This is totally it's a private event. Yeah, exactly. So basically, what happens is, uh, I guess they've had women in their lands before, but I don't know what happened at those lands, but this is the post they made on their uh, on their website, and I quote, Nothing ruins a good land party like uncomfortable guests or lots of tension both of which can result from mixing immature, misogynistic gamer, uh, male gamers with female counterparts. Though we've done our, best in the pa- done our best to avoid the situations in years past, we've certainly had our share of problems. As a result, we will no longer allow women to attend this event. Totally the women's fault. If- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you want to talk about victim blaming, there, there it is, right there. It also strikes me as incredibly lazy, because they're pretty much saying, like, we don't want to, like have to actually do anything at our own event. Like, you pay the money and go ahead. Just go be free. Like, we don't want to handle complaints. We don't want to handle people who get out of hand. Like, who get out of hand. Like, 
about what happens next year. Like, oh yeah, like some people got into a fight, so this year we're only letting people between the ages of thirty and thirty-five. And like, what, like, what's next? If that's gonna be your mind frame, like, if you're supposed to be policing the event, then police the event. Like, regardless of, oh man, we might have to deal with a girl complaining that some guy tried to like, you know, grab her in a way that wasn't appropriate or said something to her that was completely messed up. God forbid that we do what we're supposed to do and I don't know protect somebody's rights. I don't know. Like it's it's just kind of crazy. Um and I mean since then since it's gotten so much, you know, play everywhere, um initially they changed it to say that it was a gentleman's retreat and and took out pretty much all of like the victim blaming part of it, but it's still it's too late. Like it's already out there. And and Seriously, like once that's in the wild, you're never gonna get that back. Like anybody, if you even had people, even even just guys, not even like, oh, you just lost all the women. You did lose all them, but like you lost other people who are just like, that's not right. Like who who may have come to your event that never would now. You know, how about people with you know girlfriends, boyfriends that play together, all those kind of things, and you're just you lost all that. Congratulations. I mean, it's a private event; they can do what they want, but that's a hot mess. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I don't know. I was a little shocked when I saw it because you know, I, I, I land. You know, I, I go to lands myself, and um, there's only been one land that I've actually been to where there wasn't females there playing, and it wasn't because they were banned. I just didn't see any. But for the most part, like, when I go to lands, I see girls there all the time. And I can't even imagine, like, people trying to, feel, <laughs> trying to like, cop a feel or being, like, really rude to them. Actually, most of the time, the guys are, were all too busy playing games. Right, and that's the whole point. I mean, especially, like, you would think, like, oh, man, Battlefield 3 just came out. Like, even if you're kind of like, oh, my God, I'm girl crazy, you would think at least for that weekend or day or however long that you would be focused on playing the new game you just bought. That, Crazy idea. That's not going to happen. As as nice as it would be to say that, oh, they're going to focus on the game, it's going to turn into my masculinity is challenged and this bitch over here is getting him away. And then it would turn into the thing that they wouldn't want to happen. And instead of them being like, well, you know, let's just from the get-go put in rules. If you talk trash, that's like inappropriate, super inappropriate, um, you're out. We don't care if you spent $50, but they're not going to do that because someone's going to be like, what about what about my First Amendment? And it's going to turn into a vicious cycle where they're just going to be like, well, how about everybody stay home? But that doesn't make them any money. I love how everybody screams First Amendment when like <laughs> it only applies to like you. You can speak your piece, but like the second that you direct that, at somebody else in like in a you know like in a manner that's threatening that like that goes away <laughs> your first amendment <laughs> rights end where another person start like you can't i hate that getting thrown around as like oh that's totally a reason i could do that no no you're being an asshole and you get to, you deserve to be treated like an asshole which means that your ass would get thrown out of the event if anybody else i guess was running it but not them so you know, the, I guess that's who they want there, too. Like, it's almost like encouragement. It's like, oh, girls aren't going to be there? Right on, man. Like, are, those aren't even the people I want at an event if I were to run one. Uh. I mean, to me, like, 
getting into arguments and even having heated arguments and throwing insults back and forth to one another. I mean, if if you let the guys do that, then the guys should be able to do it to the girls as well. But it, there's a uh, like a limit when you get into like, you know, just because she's a girl, like oh. Well, I'll suck my cock or blah blah blah, you know stuff like that. That like that would be like crossing the limit, but you know, like you know the the average of you know you well, suck. Yeah, average you know, trash talk you, is fine. You, yeah, you know, like there you there's you, you there's I don't know as a gamer there's kind of like when you know when somebody has like stepped that line, and it's not really hard to tell. Like if you weren't gonna if you're not gonna talk to another guy and be like, dude, why don't you get on the ground and suck my ball? Like then, yeah. really, like, <laughs> why in the world are you saying it to her? Like because you harbor a secret desire that she might actually do that? Like yeah. shut the fuck up, get out of here. Yeah. She's not going to. She's yeah. too busy blowing your brains out. Like get get out. <laughs> Just and go most away. most lines I've been to, like between even when guys like break out into big arguments like that, if it does, if they can't get it to simmer down. Both of them get ejected. You know what I'm saying? So why can't it be the same thing? If you see it happening, boom, ejected. Unless they just have so many guys telling all the girls to suck their balls. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they they do. (laughs) No, I was going to say maybe maybe that's what they want to happen is they want it to turn in from uh, Battlefield 3 to Bukaki Field 3. (laughs) It's possible. You never know some people. But But I just – it's just – I don't know. I don't. I don't understand why. Like that, you're you're basically asking people like that though to show up at your event. Like that's who you're encouraging to come. Yeah. And if you ever did want to change the rule, you can't. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, what kind of community are you guys running? You know what I'm saying? Like that. You know, it it's so it's happening so much that you can't allow women there. You you know what I'm saying? Like that's it's it's happening so much. Like that's not really like. (laughs) I mean, you're running a community of assholes, if that's the case. Yeah, so, like you need to find that, a new community. And also, like, you know, you can't even have, like, small animals around after a while or something, too. Like, because people are getting a little too weird. Like, I don't... Where does it stop? Yeah, yeah. if that's the type of community that they're going to have there, like, are black people and any other ethnicity not allowed? Because I'm sure that's to follow after the whole suck my cock bitch thing. Yeah, so, see, actually, somebody on uh, I believe it was the Kotaku forums brought that up as well. You know, like, are, like what, like what's next? You know, this is just this is know. this is for white kids only. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's the thing. Or maybe maybe the other way around. Maybe this is for black kids only. This <laughs> rule, like you know, like seriously though. <laughs> like, yeah. I know it's Texas, but Texas ain't that bad, really. Yeah. So, honestly. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, that's what's going on in Texas, and I don't even know. Like, I know that that land took a big hit, you know, when they, when that news came out because I mean that news made it to Kotaku, joystick, yeah. bash those buttons, way. yeah, <laughs> like you know, ours being the most red site of, out of all those. But um, <laughs> I don't even know what those other sites are. What's Kotaku? <laughs> How do you say it? Yeah, yeah. See, it, it's tough. I know, but we it's got Australian. You. That's okay. Oh yeah, we don't even get that in this region. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to leave them to do, you know, whatever they do. And I'm curious to see what their turnout was when, you know, the land actually happens. But um, we have additional Battlefield 3 news, which is, um, it's actually bad news for you console guys. But it's something that I think you really should have expected. Um, Basically what's happening, or it's been announced, or actually DICE has said that, in so many words or less, 
that Battlefield 3 is actually being scaled down for uh, for console. Uh, we knew that in the graphics department, it was definitely going to be scaled down. But also, the multiplayer maps are going to be compact, is what they said. And they're going from... Um, you can't. You won't be able to do uh, you know thirty two on thirty two. It's going to be uh, twelve on twelve. That's a big drop, in uh, you know in, in in multiplayer. And part of the big thing about Battlefield, the thing that makes Battlefield different from Call of Duty, is the fact that the maps are are huge. The maps are massive, and you're fighting with large armies. Yeah, I mean, you might have gotten away from that a bit, like, and, and maybe people who were, were new to the series with, you know, Bad Company 2 might not really grasp that. But, you know, Battlefield is Battlefield because of the Battlefield, if I can alliterate a little bit. <laughs> like, it's, it, it is that widespread combat, like, it's using all the vehicles and everything that are, you know, that are given to you and being tactical and just everybody kind of like working together like you have your infantry you have people in the helicopters jets now you know tanks jeeps running around like all of those things get used and when you only have like 12 people it's like all right man you take that tank and we'll all follow you yeah on the ground. Like, I, you know, like, like how much are you really going to do yeah. it's like i'll fly that helicopter you know just to fly it around because can't really shoot at anything or anything like it's i don't know like it's kind of crappy after a while yeah i mean that's the thing like if you have a tank which typically fits uh let's say if it fits four people in this case that's one third of your team in the tank if i blow right. up the tank you're dead right, like, you that one third of your team totally is going <laughs> <laughs> you know um same thing with helicopter you're, you're flying across a map which there probably wouldn't even be a need to really fly across a map you know Right, who you drop it off, like the two people who are in it. Like, exactly, yeah. yeah like no, this... You don't understand, they're dropping off the helicopter. Because they're going to jump out of it. Because that's what you do on tiny maps with a helicopter. Yeah, <laughs> or just run into stuff. That's, yeah, that's the that's, most likely. That's... Most people really <laughs> stuck <laughs> find helicopters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I, just a, a little side note. I remember watch, uh, reading this comic. It was about, you know, a webcomic about Battlefield 2, and basically it showed a guy spawn, and then another guy, like, he was he was running to an airplane, you know, on, like, you know, on the field to, to go fly. And then this other guy jumps in front of him, gets in the airplane, and, like, immediately flies it into a mountain. Because <laughs> he doesn't know how to use it. And That's a perfect illustration of that is in Battlefield trying to fly, like, drive anything. That is a perfect illustration of, of people who don't know how to fly stuff flying stuff. I don't know how many times I've seen somebody flip a helicopter over <laughs> trying try to fly it in Battlefield. Like, that's difficult. I don't... You. That's hard to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, looking back, looking back at it, it looks funny, but like when you're sitting there playing and you actually need to get somewhere, it's like... <sighs> okay, yeah. I'll run. You're just hanging on. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but back, uh, back to the topic... They're taking away the topic. Yeah. <laughs> How hilarious it's going to look on console. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> I mean, the console version of Battlefield will be closer uh, closer to what you see in Call of Duty. Um, I think some of the major differences are going to be the weapon, the way the weapons work, the way the weapons sound. Like in Call of Duty, it looks like 
every weapon, like, they put a turbo button on it, and that's what you're using. Um, but at least in Battlefield, or I say dice games, the weapons uh, react a little bit more realistically, and if they use, like, the weapon sounds they had in Medal of Honor, those weapon sounds are going to be incredible. Um, but other than that, like, you're not getting, you're not really going to get the full Battlefield experiences. This is why Battlefield never does well on consoles. And this is why DICE, <laughs> this is why DICE, is, they, they built the game for PC. I'm very glad that they're smart about this and not try to build a Battlefield game for a console. Even though they did, the original Bad Company was for, like was built for console, and it did all right. And it wasn't a bad game, but and it did all right. But Bad Company 2 did so much better because they built it for PC and then downgraded it for console, and it had such a a much better reception. Right, which is what we're seeing a repeat of now, except yeah. that you know Battlefield 3 is just so amazing on PC that. It is a really stark contrast seeing how a console is going to be. I'm really glad I'm not getting it on a console. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to definitely get it on... Well, you already knew I was going to get it on PC. But, um, I don't know. I'm thinking this trend is going to continue in the future as some of the more major developers like are lo- that are looking to push better-looking games with, you know, larger... Um, I guess just larger overall games in general. Like, I mean, they're squeezing, they're down to the last drop of performance in consoles. Right, until and we I, see the next generation. Yeah, I think... That's going to be the way. I think this whole thing is going to put a spring in PC step, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. That's a, that's a, that's a topic for another discussion. <laughs> Indeed. But, uh, yeah, let's... Uh, we're going to move on. And we're going to talk about Heroes of New Earth. And a lot of you guys might be like... What is Heroes of New Earth? Um, and why are we talking about it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, just to give a little brief little history, Heroes of New Earth is a Dota clone. If you don't know what Dota is, it stands for Defense of the Ancients. It started off as a mod for Warcraft 3. If you don't know what Warcraft 3 is, skip the next five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, basically, you know, uh, Heroes of New Earth uh, is a Dota clone. Um, which it's, it's a little bit more than a clone. It actually expanded on some parts of the gameplay and perfected some parts of the gameplay of Dota that, I guess, just wasn't doable with Dota since it was just a mod. Um, the, Do- Han, well, I'm going to call it Han from now on instead of, here, same, instead of saying Heroes of New Earth over and over again. But Han uh, came out at 30 bucks. Okay, and it's been 30 bucks since it came out. Now, just recently, they announced that it's going to be free-to-play. Um, now, we also know of another game that used to be pay-to-play, and is now free-to-play, which is TF2. Um, now, the TF2 community, they handled that themselves in terms of dealing with all of the noobs that were coming in. They handled that themselves. Uh, the developers of Han or S2 Games, they're actually taking care of that for the player. And what they're doing is, uh, all the players who who bought the game are getting what's called like a, a verified account, or it's going to be a legacy account. And basically, with this account, they have the ability to search for verified games only and play in verified games only. And what this does is, this basically for those people who don't want to play with the noobs, they don't have to. They can play with the same people they've been playing with, or play with players who have been playing already at a higher caliber, as opposed to playing with the noobs, because Dota, not Dota, sorry, but Han is one of those games where one noob will destroy your team. Okay, <laughs> so, 
you know, it's it's I'm re- I'm actually really happy that they're doing this. Like, you know, they're not, you know, they're not completely blocking the noobs out from playing with the good people because if the if you know if the ver- people in the verified status want to play with the with the noobs, uh, well, I'm uh, I'm gonna stop calling them noobs. That's mean. The, the, the free to play players, <laughs> you know, if they if they actually do want to play with them. The freeloaders. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The freeloaders. <laughs> they do want to play with them. They can. But if they choose not to, they also have that option. The only thing I don't like is the fact that it is now impossible to get a verified status. Like, if I wanted to buy the game today, I could not get a verified status. Okay? The reason I, I don't like this is not because I think it's elitist or whatever, but, I mean, because the thing is, like, they were early adopters, whatever. I think they, they're locking away their community. You know, like, the, that part of the community is not going to get any bigger. It can only get smaller. And as players move to other games, that community is going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. What I think they should have did was once you buy, like, because, you know, it's going to be free to play, so therefore there's going to be some type of microtransaction going on. Of course. What they should have done is once you buy a certain amount of, you know, microtransaction stuff, or let's say you paid a certain price and got in four verified status. Let's say it was fifty bucks, sixty bucks, or whatever. That would get you into verified status to get those features. Because I'm gonna tell you, like, there's no noob that is going to pay sixty bucks on a game they could play for free just to get verified status. You would be surprised though, because at the same time, like, not most. But, I mean, there's still people that buy gold and gill and whatever else in and, and, uh, MMOs because people have the money to throw at it. Not necessarily because they really, you know, are that good at the game or or that in love with the game, but because they have money to do it. You know, if they can jump that status and if they were giving anything extra with it, like, people would do it. But not but not, but not a lot, though. So, I mean, your your point still stands. Yeah, and I think gold's a little different because that's functional. Like, I could do so much with gold. You know what I'm saying? Whereas hey, paying for the verified status basically just gives gets you puts you into a higher bracket of play, and you you are going to get your ass kicked. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, I mean, like I'm sure that there's people who are who are trying to buy their way, you know, more or less into a good group until they can, I guess, be passable at it. But like you said, like having one. Preloader <laughs> can can mess up your whole experience, you know, as a team. So, yeah, I guess it, it doesn't really be, it doesn't work in their favor at all. But I could definitely see somebody who's like, well, why not? If I pay for it and whatever. Yeah, so. exactly. Like it's definitely. I think it's protecting the new players, you know, but and the old players really, <laughs> and the old players. But, um. Yeah, I just I just think that they that's the only part where they messed up and they really should have they should really should give an option to get into verified status, you know. Even if it's just like a goal for some of the for some of the newer players. Right. But um yeah, so you know, we see this trend continuing, the you know, free to play trend. Um I think this was handled rather well. Uh, only time will tell if it was really really if it was a really good idea or not. But I think it was handled well, so um We'll see what happens with that. But moving on, let's uh, let's talk about some good news. I guess I'm like, you know, I guess this is like really good news. Um, but, there... but should we save this for the end? Because there's bad news after it. Uh, yeah, but the bad news at the end is really going to be like that's going to take a t- some time to talk about. <laughs> yeah, and it's not really bad news like for us. 
so yeah. much as a gamers as for that particular company. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah we'll we'll talk. We'll, we'll, we're going to soften them up first, and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> but um, basically, there is a, I guess you want to call it an initiative, uh, in uh, in Canada, the Great White North, uh, and in Toronto actually, which is a magical land if you didn't know. It, it really is though. Like it seems to be more progressive than the U.S. day by day. Yeah, that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Different discussion. Uh, yeah, there's an initiative called uh, the Difference Engine Initiative. Uh, and basically, it's 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 led by uh, I believe that's Marie Shepard. Is that how you read that? Is Marie, I believe so. Yeah, that's... Marie Shepard. Um, and if you don't know who she is, she is the co-founder of MetaNet Studios. If you don't know what they made, they made N and N Plus. Uh, so I mean, not extremely popular games, but they were they they're were popular in their own right, though. Exactly. I mean, yeah, they were well yeah. known. They were well known. So they were they're pretty decent sized indie games for when they came out. Like yeah. that was kind of like that whole start of indie games being kind of oh my god, they these are a big deal to yeah. some extent. It's good stuff. Um, basically, uh, there's this initiative they're starting um, called the Difference Engine Initiative. Now, the Difference Engine Initiative is it's about it's about bringing more diversity to the gaming industry. Okay. Um, people with different experiences, different backgrounds, and not just in gaming, like, if you are an artist, and you have an interest in games, but maybe you don't know how to get into the industry, or you don't know how to use the tools to build a game, that's what this is about, showing you how to do that. Uh, Mixing and matching different industries into gaming. Like, uh, I know the one what they're planning to do with one of these initiatives is to bring like uh comic artists and game developers together to create new games and experiences. So that's what the difference engine initiative is about. Uh, now in this case, what we're talking about is uh, this specific initiative is going to target female game developers and, uh, or, or I, should say, I shouldn't even say female game developers. I should say females who are interested in developing games. Um, they're going to bring them together for uh, these uh, weekly sessions. I believe each session is about three hours a night. Yeah, they're calling, and, it kind of the, they're calling it incubators. Yeah, incubators. And they're going to um, teach the participants about game production tools and techniques. So, you know, basically what this initiative is trying to do you have a call on is bring more female developers into the fold, which is good. More diversity is good, and that's what Marie has been saying is that there needs to be more uh, diversity, more viewpoints uh, being shown and extrapolated into games. And And also that they need to show more than just cooking, fashion design, and the puzzles. Like, show that there is more for female gamers than that, and if you have an interest in something other than that, you're not a mutant (laughs) or anything. Yeah. Yeah, basically, I mean, she believes that more diversity would help benefit the industry, which I think is 100% true. You know, more diversity would definitely um, benefit the industry. The more voices you have, um, the better. Okay. Um, There are some issues that I had with what she said, though. Like, you know, she... In this article in Gamma Sutra, she basically... um, she compared the industry to inbreeding right now. That's what they're doing. 
<laughs> is inbreeding because they're bringing the same types of people who play the same types of games um, together, and they're making the same types of games over and over again. I don't necessarily think this is the case. And the reason being was, first of all, for AAA titles, um, for AAA titles especially, the game developers really aren't in charge of what that, you know, what really happens with that game. You know, they're told to make a game that's like XYZ. Go make a game that's like Call of Duty. Basically, they're saying, go make a game that's going to sell. And this is what's going to sell based off of our marketing department. You know what I'm saying? Basically, based off the data that we have, that's what they're being told. Um, they're like I, the thing I didn't like about it was the fact that she said, uh, you know, just be, you know, it's it's dominated by you know white males, which may be the case. Actually, I do believe it's the case because yeah, like the case. <laughs> yeah, most of the most of the game developers are white males, but just because you know, people have the same you know they're the same race and the same sex doesn't mean they have the same ideas. Like, I mean everybody who comes in is going to have different experiences. You know what I'm saying? Like, for example, me and Rob were both tall black males that grew up in, like, uh, I was going to say middle age, but, you know, like middle uh, class households. You know what I'm saying? Unless, Rob, you didn't grow up rich, did you? No. Okay. You know Uh, what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, like, me and Rob have had different experiences in life. And I'm pretty sure we would have different ideas in terms of making games. I mean, there's even stuff like, for example, like, I love Hell Shooters. Rob does not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We, Rob likes Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. I did not. <laughs> I preferred Blur, as we talked about in length in our two-hour podcast. <laughs> yeah. I guess the thing, though, like, is that I, I do agree with her to a certain extent because I guess it's not necessarily saying that we're going to have the exact same ideas. It's just saying that our experiences are going to be a hell of a lot closer to each other than if we did pull a white guy off the street, you know, that grew up rich, or if if we, you know, pulled Katie and asked about her experiences. You know, like, it's more likely that our experience is going to be, you know, closer together. And if you have an entire industry made of pretty much one group, that you're running a really big risk of, like, that's... You know, that's what you get. I mean, I agree with you on on one point, like, that if, you know, like, marketing departments determine a lot. And, you know, but I think that part of the issue, too, is that as long as marketing departments see that the groups are still the same, or at least if they have a perception that the groups are still the same, that, you know, it's still that same, you know, not just the developers, but, like, the people that they're selling to are still just white males, that that's why that you get that, well, we need to make this type of game. So, you know, if if you can promote diversity in development, you know, maybe it changes the mindset that, oh, wait, then if they're, pl- if they're here making the games, then they're out there buying the games and playing the games, too. And they're interested in more than just fashion and cooking. <laughs> but marketing departments, they don't get their data, like, internally, you know what I'm saying? Like, they do field studies and stuff like that and take polls and things like that. So they know that there's a lot of African Americans, Hispanic Americans, there's a lot of people playing Call of Duty. You know what I'm saying? Like do, but yeah. marketing is so easily like especially polling is so easily skewed. Like it you, you go out to a certain area and pull people, like you're you kinda know what you're gonna you know, what your results are gonna be before you even finish. You know, like if you went into I don't even know, like Arlington, Texas. Well, that's probably not even a good example. But like, if you went like into Orange County, you know, California, and you and you did a poll for people about games, 
you kind of have an idea where your where that poll is going to end up, you know, before it's even done. I mean, yes, balanced polling and mar- you know, like a marketing approach will give you better results and will give you, you know, 40% females are in the, you know, that are are playing games. There's multiple races and, you know, people of life experiences and ages playing games. But a lot of times I think you get that, well, let's go just pull over there and get like 20 people because that's good enough, right? <laughs> like, let's just go pull the Lego GameStop. I don't think it happens all the time, but enough. Marketing is is actually more like, oh, someone came in, I want 18 to 35 white males, and then they go poll different types of 18 to 35 year old white males. Like, as much as they say that marketing is going and looking at what everybody wants, it's really what they want people to want. And that's, like, the only reason, like, I I say this is because that's what I started doing in school, was marketing, and I was like, I hate this. Like, there's no room for some, unless the person high up is like, this is actually what I want, which in most cases is never what they want. So, like, what she was saying didn't bother me at all, because, you know, like, it being inbred, like, the kid's playing the game, yes, but there's someone watching him play that game, and that's the older person that's going to go talk to the people with the money and be like, yeah, let's do that forever. Yeah, that's a different idea, because, I mean, I've never had personal, you know, experience with marketing, so, yeah, it's interesting. Well, I know, like, I've been polled before, as a thing. I've, actually, I've been polled a couple times. Never in New Jersey, though. It's always when I'm out somewhere, or on vacation. I got pulled when I was out in uh, California. I got pulled when I was in Vegas. I got pulled when I was in Florida. Never home though. <laughs> but um, but even like let's even without marketing, let's talk about indie devs. If if what she says is true, because indie devs would still be majority white males, because like the, we're not just saying just developers in AAA houses. We're talking about right. We're talking about developers across the whole industry. Yeah, indie devs are pumping out tons of unique and uh, original gameplay content. That's because they're indie developers, and they can do whatever they want to do. Right. They don't, they don't answer to a higher authority. Oh. I think that's part of it, too, though. Like that's, I think that's the other side of that experience that you're talking about, that like me and you will have different ideas. I think that a lot of those people end up in indie <laughs> development because either they've been in the industry and they don't like you know, what they're getting told to make because you know, that does happen, or... They're just like, this isn't for me, you know, because of what is getting made or what certain studios do want to make. So I think that that's why you that that is the other side of the experience. Like, you know, that's the alternate experience for, you know, the white male or or whatever you want to whatever you want to call it. That that's why you see more unique games and interesting ideas from them, because they're the other side that they're the ones with the crazy ideas. See, in terms of like AAA game development, I always think like I, I think she's right. The, the fact that the same games are coming out over and over again and that's a problem. But I don't think it's it's not. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we don't need additional women or we don't need additional like black or Hispanic or whatever race or you know gender in the industry because the single the simple fact is the more versatile the industry, the better. You know what I'm saying? The more people talking and in the conversation, the better. But AAA game development will always be about making the money. You know what I'm saying? Like that's why. Look, look at there's several developers that have done done well for themselves. You know what I'm saying? Very well for themselves. 
uh, making AAA blockbusters, and they still leave like big development houses like Rockstar. And look at um, let me get his name quickly. The the developer who created mainly about games. Um, uh, yeah, I don't remember his name right now. Yeah, I'm pulling up his name right now, but basically, like he he was in um he worked for Rockstar for I think about six years. Six years, and he worked on like AAA titles. Yeah, he was fairly, yeah, fairly high up. Like stuff that you may have heard about, like Red Dead Redemption, you know, Grand Theft Auto. You know, those like little games. Yeah, Anthony Gowan. Anthony Gowan is his name. Okay. So, you know, he, like, it's not like he was, like, you know, on the bottom tier. It's like, well, I'm going to go do my own thing. He left a high ranking position at. At Rockstar, which is you know a very notable, noticeable, notable, sorry, um, developer slash publisher, and went and made his own dev studio so he could make his own games, you know. Although you could almost make the argument though that Rockstar almost does sit on that like fringe of maybe not so much now, but sits on that fringe of making games that aren't typical, you know. Like they, I mean, as much as they turn into you know, clones like Saints Row and stuff like that, they really kind of sit on the opposite. Like, not so much because they're extremely diverse, <laughs> I guess, but but the the stories they tell and the things that are involved in them are a little bit different than your run-of-the-mill, like, you know, here's another first-person shooter. I mean, now you're getting to, like, the, or you've gotten to, oh, here's another open-world game, but I think Rockstar almost is like that different voice kind of i don't know i don't know but uh, anyway <laughs> there was a point and then i just totally lost it yeah, it's gone yeah. it's gone let us know if you find it or if it flies back around yeah i'll chase it around the room a little bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um yeah she also stated that you know the more voices you have you know you'll be able to develop games that represent you know certain people like I don't necessarily know how I feel about that. Like, I don't... Me, personally, I can't speak for everybody. There might be people out there that want a game that represents them and their culture. I could care less. I really don't want... I don't, I don't need a game that represents me and my culture. What I want is a game that's fun to play and interesting. You know what I'm saying? And like I've said like two times before, I do think that the more experiences you have, the more people you have involved, the more different types of people that you have involved in the game creation process the more, uh, the better the games will be. But I don't want somebody who's, like, you know, black to inject, you know, their African-American heritage into a game where it doesn't fit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's why it needs to be a discussion, and you you come to something more naturally, not like, we're going to take, you know, we're going to take the next Mass Effect and, like, Shepard's just going to be black for no particular reason. <laughs> like, and that's going to be the only color option, too. Like, you, you don't want to see that, but you do want to see, like, you do want to see the conversation and, you know, promote diversity within the games. You know, like, not necessarily that you can't have the games that we've had so far, because there's a place for them, but there's also a place for other stuff. Yeah. What I don't want to see this turn into is now we have games where every game has multiple gender options, multiple color options, you know, stuff like that, because that's unnecessary. I think it takes away for for every game, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, like for example, let's 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 say enslaved, right? There's no need for additional race and gender options in enslaved. 
or a game like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and in fact, it would in a lot of cases doing trying to do that with every game takes away from the story that's inherent in the game. You know, like it'd be weird to suddenly have. Well, not that it would be weird. Uh, I guess that it would be you know to have monkey be a female, but certain parts of the personality and the interactions don't make sense you know if it's a female and you can change body types and you can do all sorts of different things to you know like it all of a sudden you're like well this kind of doesn't make any sense yeah like but... why she sound like wolverine <laughs> like, you know yeah that's why i just i hope it doesn't turn into something like that where now now that we're here we we have to Make sure that you you know that we're here by putting right, X, like y, an artificial diversity. Exactly. Just keep like I like I said, I'm totally for bringing more like you know women and more minorities into game development. I have no problem with that. But just 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 don't like don't mess it up. That's don't all I'm asking. Crappy fashion. Don't don't yeah, exactly. regret the fact that there's you know more now. Like you know diversity. I don't think that that would happen though. Uh, not like that. I, I think if anything, it, that would be another marketing thing where it's like, well, we got to show that it's diverse, so you need to put some more gender options in there, man. Like, uh, that would be kind of terrible. But I think as long as it comes from developers and not, you know, the marketing department again, or like from on high, to like we need to like inject some diversity into this somehow, then we'll be okay. Yeah. It, it can only help. Yep. So, um, I'm looking forward to seeing what actually happens with that whole initiative and not just with the whole, uh, with the, with the women's workshops, with, uh, you know, bringing people from other industries and, and working with game developers, like, you know, artists and, you know, maybe even uh, people who are into film, you know, stuff like that. I am very curious. The, the articles are definitely worth a read. Uh, no, that they'll be in the show notes. So make sure you read those. Um, Moving on to our last topic, though, because that one went over a little bit more than I wanted it to, but that's okay. It was a good topic. Good topic. <laughs> and this one's special. It's special. It um, I titled this one Nintendo <laughs> because it has been a bad, was it two days for Nintendo? Yeah, it's not even been like a week. It's been like, here's all this bad news at once <laughs> for yeah. Nintendo. It's been a bad two days in Nintendo. So, Breaking news, it doesn't print money anymore. Yeah. So I'm going to go in chronological order of how I found the news. Okay? So I wake up on Thursday, right? <laughs> Read my news, find out that the 3DS is getting a price drop. Okay, we're going from 250 to 169. I'm like, okay, great. Now I'll probably actually buy one. Okay. Um, also, those who the early adopters, you know, so they don't feel slighted, um, they were getting 20 free games from yep. the uh, from the Wii Store. Yeah, combination of like you know old GBA titles and WiiWare games. Pretty much stuff that people, if you've had a DS or anything before, you probably already played them all, but. It's a, it's a gesture. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're uh, they're going to give you all of that. Um, 3ds price drop. I was surprised that it was this early, but not that surprised because we all knew the 3ds wasn't selling that well. And then with the Vita coming through soon at the 250 price point, that was going to be really tough. Um, you know, because actually, <laughs> Vita could put Little Big Planet on Vita against everything on the 3ds. And it'll probably be better, you know, so because so because so many games in one, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing I heard. Then 
Um, then I found out why they did that. Basically, Nintendo, uh, they had a, a earnings, uh, I guess an, a- an analyst meeting. They dropped their, uh, I guess their... Um, profit fiscal, forecast. Yeah, profit forecast down 82%. 82%, okay? So basically, that's like if you had $10 and I took 8 It's more than that. That's what I'm leaving you with, for those who can't do math. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a lot. Okay, so you're going from... Uh, let's see, I, I have the numbers here somewhere. Because the original was uh, 20 billion yen down to... Actually, no. I'm sorry, no. The number was 110 billion yen, which is 100... Oh, sorry, it's uh, $1.4 billion. Down to 20 billion yen, which is $257 million. That is a big drop. Nintendo, obviously... Well, we all knew that they put a lot of faith into the 3DS. They really thought it was going to sell and pick up way more than it did. But, I mean, they should have known... I don't... They should have known from Sony, like... You can't push out high-priced hardware when you don't justify it. Right. Just because you it's got pretty 3D that's not even really that pretty with most of the games that are out for it... And it's optional at that. That mo- like a lot of games are actually better without it. It's, that's not a really you know compelling reason to like. Oh man, I need to spend two hundred fifty dollars on this. Like something I use a third of the time, maybe. That may look okay, possibly. And no games to back it up. Mm mm. No. And in the game that probably could have maybe helped it, Resident Evil. They just totally screwed the pooch on that, which was not Nintendo's fault, but still. <laughs> yeah, with the whole one game, a same yeah. file thing, that was totally Capcom's goof uh, on that. But, um, yeah, I mean, the 3DS just, you know, the game support wasn't there. Uh, the battery t- the battery life wasn't there. It just wasn't all there. It, even Sega, they held, they're holding back development of games for the 3DS, until they see it pick up, which is incredible, you know, like that that's doing that poorly. Uh, on top of that, actually, no, I'm sorry, that, 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 that was getting ready to step into the next, I guess, piece <laughs> of this puzzle, because I was going to talk about how the Wii U wasn't received very well um, by, well, first of all, the Nintendo stock dropped. I can't remember how much of the stock dropped when the Wii U was announced, but it it dropped as opposed to Rose because the investors weren't really liking that. They were like, mm, that we're not hearing good things from the consumer. The the, the tweet universe isn't too happy right now. <laughs> you know. Um, now, from that price drop, you have another price drop, uh, not price drop, that, another uh, stock price drop. Um, the stock plummeted 21%. 21 Nintendo stock dropped 21% after that profit forecast changed. That's a lot. <laughs> um, actually, um, so the, the ex-president of Nintendo uh, lost a lot of money because he has a lot of Nintendo stock. Um, his shares lost 400, uh, sorry, 42 billion yen, which is $540 million in a single day. In a day. In a <laughs> One day. day. <laughs> Just to give you a little perspective on what that 21% price, uh, well, the point was 21% stock price drop did for him. Um, and that wasn't the only thing it did for him. 
Yeah, that wasn't. Well, what are you talking well, about? Well, well, yeah, I'm talking. Well, I'm. That wasn't the only thing I did for a person high up in Nintendo. I guess. Oh, I I, yeah, yeah. And so now, I am specifically. As a result, the bad news keep roll keeps rolling in for Nintendo. As a result of that, um, the executives at Nintendo are taking pay cuts. Uh, Iwata is taking a fifty percent pay cut, uh, and he's taking responsibility for. I don't want to say the failure of the 3DS, but I can't really. <laughs> I can't think That's of not a good else. way to put it. You know, yeah. the the lukewarm reception, yeah. and plus the you know plus everything with the Wii U and how you know investors have reacted. Almost, it's responsibility for just it not looking too good. I guess <laughs> more yeah. or less. Yeah. For it not being an out and out bona fide hit on the 3DS and you, Wii U not looking too cool, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he's taking a 50% cut. Um, other representative directors are taking 30% cut, and other executives are taking 20% cut. Um, now, what that actually means may vary. It actually depends how much, how many, like, what their dividends are on their stock, which I'm pretty sure is pretty nice. Right. But, like, for example, um, Steve Jobs. He pays himself a dollar. His annual salary is a dollar. Um, and he's not poor. Because all that means is he's getting lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of money from his dividends. Right. That's what that means. Um, so, I mean, what the 50% pay cut actually means, it, you know, it could really mean nothing. It could be smoke and mirrors. But it could I, just be the, the, you know, the normal Japanese, you know, it, it's a show of humility without actually affecting anything is you know could be what it is it's kind of like them when something really like when say when the nintendo when sony was down for like over a month and they came out and bowed for like two minutes like that is supposed to be like a you know a show of like or like fealty that like we did something really screwed up and this is our way of showing that we know that we did it to like the world and it's kind of the same thing japanese are weird like that or not weird but they have that sense of i guess honor that way um even now and it's really more or less it could just be entirely uh i don't even know what the word is for it um symbolic yeah entirely symbolic more than anything else but at the same time like the fact that they're coming out and doing that is still like in line with all the other news it just doesn't look very good (laughs) yeah it's just i don't know it's it's been a bad two days for nintendo Really bad two days, and to make things worse, like <laughs> their their main product that well the main the main money maker they well the main thing they thought was going to be their money maker is failing. Um, the Wii U very lukewarm, too cold reception. Yeah, and then, I mean, 3DS was supposed to just pick up where DS left off and keep running, and it didn't. Yeah, and then um, you know other then they pretty much abandoned their the Wii. <laughs> you know, like, the Wii, the, the the forecast for Wii games is extremely light. I mean... And that's, yeah, that's because they, they took all their attention and dumped it on, on you know, the, the 3DS that's out now and the Wii U that's coming out. Like, and that was kind of a mistake in hindsight, but hindsight's twenty twenty, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't... I'm curious to see what they do besides, you know, have the executives take pay cuts. And whatever they do, they need to do it fast. Because, I mean, if your stock stays low for too long, this is something like a drowning company. I mean, when you're coming out with a new console, that's supposed to be, you know, bumping you up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And when the funny... Or, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. 
Uh, I was going to say the funny thing in retrospect is that it was only a few months ago when their profit report came in and they lost 66% of their net profit too. Like they had had, you know, went from like $2.7 billion to like 944 million. So it's not really like, like this isn't like the first time it's, you know, happened, but this is a lot of, Bad, even worse news than that in a, in a really short span of time. I mean, like, they've already adjusted their forecast to be worse than that, basically. And on top of all the rest of the news. So it's just, it's ugly. It's ugly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really don't even know what to say besides, well, damn. You know, like, that sucks. <laughs> what, what, can you, what can you really say about that? Like, nothing. Like, it's no, just... <laughs> really, nothing. Like, it's just, like, I, I, I would say that my personal opinion is the same that it was before especially now in light of this i mean like they're already making a cut on the 3ds so hopefully that generates some interest and people start picking it up um you know rather than picking up more psps because that happened recently but um because they picked up like 500,000 in the last quarter and that's weird especially considering the 3ds came out like it should have just ran rush out over it considering it was the new system um but i think the price drop helps you're showing you know uh, you know, you're giving, you're showing a gesture of kindness to people who already did support you with all the free games. So maybe, you know, like hopefully they stick along for the ride, um, and maybe that turns things around. But my main thing is that you still have to show that the Wii U is going to be more than a stopgap system. I mean, you've already got developers talking about it that way, like we discussed in you know previous podcast. But you you have to show people something. You know, like the reason it was so lukewarm is because you had a brand new system and you didn't really show anything that, to me, like still, you didn't show anything that was that great. It can absolutely come out and do what the Wii did and like change the whole world and all that. But right now, especially just from a financial standpoint, like obviously like the shareholders aren't buying it. You know, if and in certain ways, you would think that like if they really were like, well, it's gonna do the same same awesomeness that the we did, uh, like that they would that the stocks wouldn't have you know moved as much as they did. They wouldn't be adjusting profit forecasts. You know, it wouldn't be such a bad story right now. So I mean, we'll we'll see where they go, but yeah, yeah I think uh, they got a lot of work to do, and they they don't have a whole lot of time to do it. They need they they need to get people they need to get people excited about the 3ds. They need to get people excited about the Wii U. Like and they right have to now, get people excited about the 3ds before the end of the year. On top of that, yeah, exactly. Like if if they if they, I don't know what they what they're gonna do, but they need some major games to come out on before or around the time the Vita drops. Right, and hope that the Vita doesn't have better games at the exactly. same time. Exactly. Like that, and it's, just, it's such a gamble, but that's what has to happen. Exactly, and you're already talking about a console or a handheld console that's as powerful as a PS3, um, that is going to have games like Wipeout and Uncharted and you know, all type, little Big Planet. Uh, improved online functionality and <laughs> games, <laughs> games that you can play on your handheld and then transfer your saved game state to your your TV. Like that is a lot. <laughs> that yeah, is it's a lot a to compete lot. with. And the, the only yeah. hope that they really had going into it was that, you know, people would opt for, you know, I'm already in love with my DS. I'm going to continue that trend with the 3DS, but people haven't. So, 
Yeah, yeah. Um, mm, I've really. I wouldn't count Nintendo out, but it's it is an ugly picture. Yeah, so we'll see what they do to respond. Definitely wouldn't count them out. I mean, time after time, they have uh, shown their resilience and, and and made comebacks. You know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, for for Christ's sakes, if it wasn't for Nintendo, we the industry wouldn't be here right now. No. Uh, after what happened in 85 or 84, 85 ish. Um, you know, so I, I definitely am not going to, going to count them out. Not just yet. So I'm curious to see what they do. I, you know, I do think they're going to at least stay afloat. <laughs> you know, we'll see exactly what happens, but, um, yeah, we'll be, we'll be keeping an eye on that. I'm pretty sure more and more news will be rolling out about that, you know, over time, especially now because it's, it's it's so public, you know. It's so yeah, public. that's that's the other part of it too. It'd be one thing if it was kind of all happening behind closed doors, or there was kind of a hint. You know, you see a stock drop, but that's all you see. That you know, that's just something that you know may have come with some other announcement. You know, oh, the you know the the 3ds went down in price, stock kind of dropped. Yeah. If that was it, that would have been one thing. But then profit forecast plus the the pu- like a very public. You know, we're take we're all taking pay cuts. Yeah. Yeah. So. But that's all I had to say. <laughs> yeah, I was more depressing than I thought. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I feel sad. I feel like when Sega went away, like man, except it's not like that. Like not yet, but that's how I felt. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like I'm having an obituary for Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. Here lies Nintendo. Hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, all right, we're gonna wrap up on that one. Uh, last week I asked a question. And a whopping two people answered, which is better than zero. That's right. And they, you know, apparently make up the entire response of all gamers. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I asked, uh, you know, what do you guys want in games? You know what I'm saying? Because we had that discussion about um, uh, Iwata and the other guy from GDC. I can't remember his name right now. Uh, talking about they know what consumers want. So my question is like, well, what do you want? Um, Admiral Mikey, he replied with nonstop Nyan Cat. That's what he wants. <laughs> uh, which I'm going to put it, for those who haven't seen it yet, I'll put a show note, I'll put in the show notes and, you know, you can thank me later. But, um, or hate me later, one of the two. Blame Admiral Mikey. Uh, the other person who responded, uh, Dominic Gregg, says, give me a gun and I'm pretty much satisfied. So, basically, what I'm going to tell EA, uh, well, all the major publishers, is that you want Nyan Cat with guns. And you're good. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let's see. I, I guess that'd be interesting. A, uh, a cat turned into a Pop-Tart shitting out a rainbow with a with an AK-47. That's what you want. Right? Katie, that's mm-hmm. what you want, right? Katie's still here? Huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just envisioning the the amount of sequels and spinoffs that would come from said idea. Oh, that's if Activision grabs it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have to keep it out of their hands. Maybe EA can take it, and then they'll make it something pretty, but they won't charge us for it for a monthly fee or something. No, oh. they'll do that. <laughs> so they'll make it free to play and like you know microtransactions. That's their new thing, microtransactions. Right, you can Gaming get a rainbow service. if you you know pay a couple of dollars for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so but uh, yeah, that was the question for last week. 
Um, I guess I'm going to ask another question, though, and see what happens. Just because just because it wasn't zero people who answered, you know, just because there was somebody who answered my question, I'm going to ask another one. And we know uh, people listen, so answer the freaking question. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm looking at the stats. I know more than two people listened. Okay. I know you're here. I know you're there. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I wanted to, I was thinking, like, does the price drop on the 3DS matter to you? Like, will you consider picking up a 3DS now because of the price drop, or does the fact that it doesn't really have a lot of games out, and even in the forecast, there's not too many major games, like, will you still consider getting it, or maybe the Vita is still in your future? Or maybe even both. But if you had to choose between one of the two, which one would you go with? Here's another question, too, to go along with that, you know, for people who do have a 3DS for whatever reason already, you know, do you feel that the 20 games, which honestly, like, the list hasn't even been finalized in any way, shape, or form yet, do you feel that that offering is enough for you missing out on an $80 price drop, basically, <laughs> Yeah. you know, a couple of months down the line? Yeah, so, yeah, if you can answer those, that would be super. Thanks. Even if it's just, you know, Dom and Mikey again. Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, so let's see what is coming out next week. I know on XBLA there's an insanely twisted Shadow Planet. That is definitely coming out next week. Um, I got a chance to play that at PAX, and it was pretty awesome. I definitely liked it. Um, I, th- I, don't know, I think that I like the art style, and I like the fact that it's pretty much HUDless. Uh, it is, actually, it is huddless. It's completely huddless. Even when you switch your weapons, it doesn't really have something in the corner that says, hey, you're switching to this weapon or using this, or the X weapon or Y weapon. You just see the weapon on the ship. And even taking damage, there's no damage bar, but you see the damage on the ship. So th- it really looked like you were just playing a cartoon. It was really nice. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and we will have a review up for that probably before it comes out because it comes out Wednesday uh, Nick, who's unfortunately not here tonight, he is handling the review and he's usually good about getting that stuff out pretty quickly, so I would I would think Tuesday, if I was a betting man I'd say Tuesday, Nick will have that link will have that review out but, other than that hmm, let's see what we got here Bleach Soul Resurrection oh, I'm sorry, is that Resurrection or am I reading that wrong? Uh, Resurrection. Resurrection. But it's, but it's Resurrection. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, that's for the PS3. Getting fancy. Yeah. <laughs> but the game looks terrible. Stuff. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Emily the Strange. Strangerous. Never, never, never heard that before. That sounds like some type of after school special about not talking to strangers. Strangerous. Yeah. yeah, it does. I really have never even heard of that a little bit before now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Phineas and Ferb, never heard of that before. We're, we're in the void well, right a, now. Well, people. that's a cartoon, but I mean, like, and that actually had a fairly popular with kids game, like the original one that came out, like, right, a, right. I guess over a year ago. I don't know, but yeah, no, but none of us really. That's Meh. not us. That's, that's <laughs> what I say, because I don't, I don't know, dude, <laughs> about that. Um and Black, Pirates of Black Cove, which is actually something I did hear about. It's from Paradox. We will have a review up for that soon. Just don't know exactly when. I'm assuming sometime next week. Um, it's 
pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. It's kind of hard to describe. I, I was just watching the trailer and seeing about picking it up. It's it's pretty interesting. But um, yeah, that's that for releases. Um, we recently released a, another versus series, versus series number three, which we talked about a little bit last week uh, Mortal Kombat versus Marvel vs. Capcom 3 so if you're into fighting games or you know you may not be into fighting games but by the time you hear this podcast Evil will be over so perhaps you will have watched some of the matches I know I was watching some of the matches today and I was liking it um, so you may want to know more about the series that they you know that they uh, fight in in Evo which uh, the, 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 that podcast is not about Evo but we talk about those games um, so yeah, we have that for you to listen to, and I'm thinking we're gonna do a versus series monthly. What do you think, Rob? That's that's probably gonna happen. Yeah, so we're we're working on more. If you have any ideas, definitely please send us. You know, send us what you want to hear. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like uh, we have another podcast coming out in September uh, called the, it's called the On Topic series, and basically we pick various topics uh, to talk about, and we focus on those topics specifically for those podcasts so you know they're they're a bit, uh not as informal as the mash cast you know they're actually about stuff <laughs> you know important issues important things issues. that matter to you know gamers of all different stripes right actually that's the one that katie we've already recorded with katie yep back when she was new but yeah that's gonna be weird <laughs> yeah that is like in the, you know she's gonna be you know you're gonna be hearing her for the first time again yeah, so and that'll really have been the first time, but you know, <laughs> weird time paradoxes and everything withstanding, you know, notwithstanding. Uh, oh well. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're going to uh, we're going to end that here. Once again, thanks for listening. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, which is SoundCloud.com/slash Mash Those Buttons. Um, Facebook, which is Facebook.com/slash Mash Those Buttons. Find us on Twitter, uh, Twitter.com/slash MTB Site. See what I did there? Threw a little wrench in there for you. Uh, yeah, and of course you can visit matchlessbuttons.com. We love to hear from you. Love us, hate us. Let us know. Leave us some comments. You know, just want to talk? That's cool. Leave us a comment. You know, complaints go to Rob though. He's a community always. manager. It's always and every week. Yep. So uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time. Adios. You gotta say bye, Katie. Oh, do, okay, okay, everyone. I mean, it's not required, but, you know, it's probably nice. And it just, it seemed, okay, now She's it's awkward. totally playing video games. I'm actually playing real-life Earth Defense Force in Insect Armageddon. It's atrocious where all of these bugs are coming from. But, <laughs> everyone have a wonderful evening, or morning, or time of day. Yeah, so, alright, catch you guys later.